You're a monster. This stat literally, I triple, triple, triple check this, quadruple check this, because it just, it seems unbelievable. Welcome in to another week of the Fantasy Monsters with Caleb and James. How are we doing? Good. It's another week, man. Yep. Going through, looking at all of our divisions, we got a fun episode to chat about today. We've got some news, talking NFC West, lots of things to talk about in the NFC West. Uh, but real quick, man, I was just curious. We've we've saw some reports lately. We knew this was going to happen. We've talked about this post-draft. Julio Jones. Yeah. Okay. We know he's going to get traded. Realistically. Well, definitely now. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, definitely it now. Seems, yeah. Because yeah. there have been reports that he requested a trade a few months ago, which that. That actually no surprised me. Really came out and said. <laughs> and now he just straight up himself said that he's done with the Falcons. Yeah. Which is fair. Uh, I mean. He says he wants to win. Yeah, and they're not. <laughs> for a team that is having salary cap issues. Yeah. Uh, you don't win as many games as you should. Uh, but to me, you know, he, yeah, dude, go get a change of scenery, start over. And he still has a lot left in the tank. So I'm not worried about it, but what did you think about? Cause it seems like there's some top teams. There's some other teams that's been sprinkled in there. Um, some I don't really care for, but the main two that seem to be coming out are the Titans and new England. Yeah. The Patriots I've seen the heaviest. Yes. Rumored for Julio, which I'd like, I mean, anytime, I mean, it's probably not the best fantasy landing spot, but I mean, that would transform their offense. <laughs> yeah, that would great. transform their offense. Yeah. And I do like the Titans. I think that yeah. is very interesting because they're already yeah. they are one of the like least depth teams in the NFL. I mean, they do not have players in reserves at mm-hmm. all. You got AJ Brown, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. You brought in Josh Reynolds. That's it. Yeah, that's all you got. Well, what's really funny is. Can you imagine you lose Corey Davis, who we've not been a huge fan of, but then you replace him with Julio Jones? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that offense is now dynamic. But do you think Julio would really want to even end up there with that heavy run game that they already kind of utilize? I, I mean... Like I want, it, Julio wants to catch the ball. Yeah, he does, but he's just been so good for so long and broke so many records. I do think he just wants that to extra win. chance of he winning win. is a little bit more of a priority for him, probably. But, mm-hmm. I mean... You could care more about the stats, but I think it's he's probably leaning a little bit more towards I want to win a championship at this point. So not to mention Green Bay also has been rumored that they may take a, sh- a chance. Yeah, on, I don't see I don't them see trading happening. for Julio now. Yeah, I don't see it happening. But I think there's it's too late. They're they're chatting about it, but it's more of a if we do this, will Aaron Rodgers stay? Whatever you know. Um, and then you mentioned who was the other two teams? I'm sorry. Yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore has been rumored pretty heavy there, and the Chiefs. And the Chiefs. Yeah. How would that? E- I don't understand I don't know about the how the Chiefs just work around the salary cap. <laughs> like, no, I don't. I don't either. get it. They've been finagling. It seems like this whole off season with things. Like you just you just can't put Julio on that team. Like I love the Chiefs, but I mean, come on. <laughs> Do they really need another weapon? Like they already have. They're already a Super Bowl caliber team without them. I mean, literally, Julio Jones, Tyree Kill. Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes would be Clyde Edwards Hilaire still bonkers. Still having McCole Hardman. I mean, you still yeah. like they have, they have insane amount of weapons. Um, 
And I wouldn't blame Julio Jones for wanting to end up in well, Kansas I mean, you City want to win a championship means. and you can make that happen. Yeah, yeah, that's where you want to go. But yeah, I just don't see how that's possible. I don't see how it's fair. Talk about a super team, right? So, all right. Out of the teams you we just mentioned, though, if you had to pick one. Where's your favorite landing spot? Where I would like him to go? Yeah. I think it would be the Titans. Mm-hmm. I think he could get some more work there, more consistent work than the Patriots. But... I have a feeling he'll, if he goes somewhere, it'll probably end up being the Patriots. Yeah, I don't I don't really mind the Patriots at all. Uh, and here's why is they need a dominant wide receiver. They went yeah. out and spent some money, got these big tight ends, but their wide receivers, I mean, who cares? There's I mean Nelson Aguilar, I think, was one. Um, and who was the other one? Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne, yeah, from San Francisco. So it's like okay. So going out and getting a Julio Jones would really help. And I think they would really be able to see, all right, what do we have? And Cam Newton. And what do we have in a Mac Jones? I was also seeing some stuff about um, Cam Newton's last year, his season. Mm-hmm. His statistics, now he performed before he got COVID and then after. Yeah. It is a decent dip that yeah. happened to him. So, I mean. Dude, yeah. I mean, we don't even really need to dig into too much about COVID, but we have seen COVID really affect a lot of athletes. Yeah. Look at hockey playoffs last year. <laughs> there were some teams that basically got wiped out of the playoffs because they couldn't come back from COVID. Uh, yeah, Cam Newton was a big one. Uh, lots of other athletes yeah. as well. So, yeah, it's crazy. But, yeah, we'll see. Let us know in the comment sections, guys, or shoot us a, a message. I also you- heard sneaky, but not as much, but Buffalo. I have heard some Buffalo rumors. Yeah, I don't know about And that I've also one. heard some Bengals rumors. I just don't know how they get that done, though. No, I don't know about either one of those teams. I think just kind of the main few do make some sense. But But I think most teams are thinking about what kind of a package they could put together for Julio Jones. Well, at this point of the season where you're already kind of constructing your roster and you went through the draft and yeah, now you're going to have to trade picks and players for next season and whatever, whatever. Um, But yeah, let us know where you guys think you should end up. Uh, We kind of are... You're saying Tennessee, I think he's going to end up in New England. I mean, that's where I'd like. I I, I, that's, I think he's going to end up in New England, but I think mm-hmm. I'd prefer the Titans. Yeah. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, but James, if they wanted to let us know where they think uh, Julio Jones is going to end up this season, uh, where could they find us at? Uh, yeah, Twitter and Facebook, at the TFL Monsters, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor, the Fancy Monsters, Fancy Monsters Podcast. Yeah, hit that uh, like button, subscribe button on YouTube, uh, message us, ask us questions. We get questions all the time. We like to bring up. And uh, we'll definitely uh, ask your question on the podcast. Maybe even have you on. We never know. Uh, but James, we do have a bunch of stuff to get into uh, as far as Monster News this week. So what do we got going on in Monster News? Uh, yeah, we got a couple of things. Uh, Paris Campbell looks like he's 100% healthy now. So he'll be back in that. Indy is also another team I've heard rumored for Julio Jones, which would be really cool. Yeah. Also did see a really cool, um, it was the Colts camp. I think it was today or yesterday, but it was Carson Wentz and I forget the other player and they're playing knockout. And it looked like so much fun. Oh. Like, it looked like everyone was yeah, just I having a knockout fun forever. There, yeah, so. But um, it looks like Carson Wentz is getting along with his new team. Yeah, well, he probably he did will. lose, but it was a good game. The uh, we got Patrick Mahomes will be ready to go for camp. Yep. And then this last piece of news just broke like twenty less than an ago? hour. Yeah, yeah less, thirty like, minutes ago, very recently. <laughs> and it is interesting because we are talking about this division today, and we'll get to him. But uh, Jeff, Jeff Wilson Jr. He uh, hurt his leg. Torres meniscus was that what it was? Yeah, torn meniscus. Yeah, and uh, he'll be out four to six months, so yeah. he's probably going to miss the uh, first little part of the season. Yep. 
And that kind of hurts them. They they do have a, a boatload of running backs there, though. So with that news, we'll just kind of yeah, we'll talk about re-rank. it later when we get to San Francisco. <laughs> yep, re-rank them. Um, what else we got? That's it. Oh right, I, I have a couple of things. Sorry, I wanted to show, uh, say. So as with my Roger shirt on, Roger, oh, same yeah. old, same old stuff. If you watch that little uh, ESPN interview he had. I mean, it's nothing, anything we haven't heard yet. No, I mean, already. it is different because he's actually, it's, but it's what we've all been thinking and saying the whole time. He yeah. just actually came out and just well, said the stuff. Well, he needed to say it, I think. And I will give it to him. He is doing a great job of persuading his argument. And as, tiptoeing yeah, around some things. fans on his side <laughs> and stuff. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm still on his side and everything, but he's yeah. playing this perfectly. Yeah, I don't think I was ever not on his side. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, at the same at the same time, it's just same old stuff. We're we're still in the middle of it. I'm sure he's not going to report to OTAs because he already no didn't. Chance. So yeah. no chance he's going to be there. And we'll just kind of see what happens. Uh, last thing I wanted to also chat about was uh, Deshaun Watson. Even after all the allegations and after all of the lawyer back and forth stuff going on, he still wants to be traded. <laughs> so um, I know he posted a workout video the other day, which I thought was very strange <laughs> in the midst of everything going on. I don't know. I honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he's going to get traded. I don't no. think he's going to see the field. I think no. he'll be on the exempt list and we'll see him next year. Maybe we'll see unless he's maybe. in jail. <laughs> I am a little surprised how quiet it's gotten around the Deshaun Watson stuff. I know the draft took a lot of the attention and stuff away, but I'm surprised yeah. it hasn't. It got really quiet. Up. Yeah. Well, I th- last time I looked into it, it's kind of at a standstill and well, they just have to wait now. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, you know, I don't know how much money he might have to pay out after all this is said and done. And I know it hasn't really gone criminal yet, but I still look at the fact with the amount of allegations, I can't imagine it not going criminal. I just think that's insane. Yeah. So, so we'll see, we'll keep you posted on anything breaks, but it's been very quiet except for the fact he still wants to be traded. So good for you. (laughs) So now we're going to go ahead and jump into our NFC West preview. Seahawks. Surprised it didn't make a little bit more noise in the off season, considering they had some pieces they needed to fill, but they brought in some pieces we'll talk about, but first things first, let's talk about the, uh, Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, sure. I was going to say more, uh, wanted to kind of be traded, maybe not wanted to be traded quarterback Mr. and <laughs> kind of undecisive. Limited. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just say Mr. Undecisive. Uh, well, and, I have actually just heard some reports the past couple of days that, this will be Russell Wilson's last contract with the Seahawks. Well, there you go. See, if if I had to say, it looks like he's kind of on the path of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Well, I think I, I hate to say it because of Tom Brady. I feel like a lot of people are on the same path. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think the Tom Brady one's a little different just because of his age and how I much agree. he put in that organization. And, and I, not that we're talking about Tampa today, but keep in mind. Half of that team was already put to three fourths. That team was already put together before Tom Brady got that. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing like, they brought in after Brady was Gronk and Antonio Brown. But what I'm, what I'm saying is, is they're like, Oh, well Tom Brady went to Tampa and they put all these pieces in place for him. The pieces were already there. Guys. Yeah. Like I don't understand how. The, so when I look at Russell Wilson, what a, he needs an offensive, he needs to stop getting help or hit. Helped. Yes. He needs help. He needs That's to stop the getting first hit. thing we need to bring up here. Their pass blocking graded by PFF last year, not good. No, it was atrocious. They were, um, where are they? Go to the bottom of yeah, the Yeah, they list. were 20th in 
run blocking, they they were good, but Russ Wilson is just getting hit, and he's another one of those quarterbacks who just holds onto the ball for a long time, which you put those two things together. It's not a good combination. And it makes for some bad plays. I think, I just think you have to, because I mean, the past handful of years, I mean, Russell Wilson, fantasy-wise, end of year statistics, he's always been a QB1. Mm -hmm. Every single season, even his rookie year, he was 11th. Every other year besides that, he's been top 10. He's usually in the top five. Every year he does the same thing, and it's weird. Sometimes it, it used to be like he was a second-half player. Last year he was a first-half player. Mm-hmm. But he's usually incredible for half the season, and then it's either defenses figure him out or they're changing their scheme. I think it's better to think of the Seahawks for next year, this year, as the second half of the Seahawks last year. I don't think you can expect what they were doing the first half of the season last year when... I think their defense is going to be a little bit more improved. And I do think that they'll probably run the, I mean, that's just all, everything we've been hearing is they want to run the ball more. Yeah. That was the biggest thing that I was going to mention is some of the budding of the heads between Russell Wilson and the Seahawks right now is because Russell Wilson wants to pass the ball more, but Pete Carroll wants to run the ball more. Well, at the end of the day, to me, it doesn't necessarily matter as much because Russell Wilson still throws the ball a crap ton of season. Yeah. And guess what, dude? Like, you're still not winning Super Bowls with it. You need no. to be balanced. You have well, to be balanced. Well, they have to fix that defense. That defense was the defense is terrible. not very good last year at all. But even then, like, you have a very good running back in Chris Carson. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, throughout his whole career, because he was not highly drafted. No, no, no. Did he even get drafted? It was seventh round. Seventh, very late. Very late. So... <laughs> For some reason, I thought he was undrafted. Anyways, late draft pick. And just let him run. Like, he can run, he can catch. Like, just let him go. He was the uh, 249th pick in the 2017 draft. Class. Yeah, so very late. I don't know. It just really frustrates me. I don't mind that Russell Wilson wants... He's on my dynasty team. He wants to throw the ball. That's fine. But I don't want to keep seeing him throw the ball 40, 50, 60 times a game. Well, he, I don't think he ever threw the ball 60 times. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, but I, I don't know what his limit is. I don't know what throw the ball more. Because, I mean, he's throwing. Look, he threw it 36 times, 42, 39, mm-hmm. 27 seems a little low, 54, 35, 38, 51, 46, 41, 57. The dude's throwing. He has a lot of attempts, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, take a chill pill, in my opinion. You should probably throw it 30, 30 to 40 times a game. But see, that's the nice thing about Russell Wilson is because he's one of those quarterbacks who can just Houdini at the end of the game and just take his team and win the game. Yeah. But if he has to do that the entire game, then when it comes down to the end of the game, it's it's not the same. So I I do think I don't. he's going to be a top 10 quarterback again. He's probably going to finish right around where he did again. But you have to understand, he is incredibly consistent at being inconsistent. If you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just, it's happened too many years in a row. Yeah. I'm trying to find. I mean, Russ Wilson was the MVP for the first half of the season last year. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, how many times he was hit last? Or, yeah, how many times he was just hit last year? Not offhand. I don't have it no. either. So I can see that he had 51 sacks, which is not far off of what his norm is last year. He had 54 the year before that 52, you know, so he, he has had 
a ton of sacks. In fact, his whole career so far, what? Two, four, six, eight, nine, nine seasons. He's had a 441. As far as his average time to throw the ball, how long his ball is in the hand, he is one of the highest in the, and if you just take starting quarterbacks and you look at them, the only ones who really hold the ball longer are Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. Yeah. All the other guys were like backups who only threw a couple passes. Russell Wilson is up there. He holds onto the ball for a long time. Mm -hmm. Over three seconds per play. Yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, But I mean, again, you know, he'll still have a lot of fantasy value. He always does. And that's why he's on my team. Even though I tried trading him, but no one wants him. Well, it's a one quarterback dynasty league. Well, it's not my fault. And you have people like me who's just roll with Talk Carlos. Carlos, it's your fault. Just to be clear. Okay. Uh, so, running backs for the Seahawks. Uh, you got Chris Carson. He's just always been one of my favorite running backs. I yeah. did just move him in Dynasty. Still can't believe you did that. Uh, I mean, we'll talk about that some other time. Carson. Mm-hmm. He's really good, man. He is really good. He's He's always graded very high. Last year in 12 games, he had 14 points per game. That was ranked 14th in the uh, league last year. Coming back from his injury, he did have a slight, took him a while to get mm-hmm. back into it, which we see with a lot of running backs when they have mm-hmm. those lower body injuries. But I think the question, I mean, everyone knows what you're going to get out of Chris Carson. He's the starter. He's going to be the workhorse. Are you done with Rashad Penny? Because I know you have a history with Rashad Penny. Yeah, I moved him this offseason. So, uh, I never want to count him out. I think when, when coming out of San Diego, man, like, dude, San Diego State, he looked really good. His he advanced just, statistics did, were man. very nice. Like, yeah, just it was lined up for Everything looked good. Um, I mean, he runs a 4-4. Like, he can catch. He can power run. Like, just great. But was hurt, I think, his first year. And oh, he's, he's just always never, been hurt, or they just don't put yeah. him out on the field. Last year in three games, uh, he had a total of 11 carries. Yeah, I think it's done for Penny. I think the only chance you ever have with Penny is if Carson goes down and he's healthy. Yeah, I just yeah. And I even then, I don't know how great it's going to be. Like there, he's had a couple games where he's taken a couple big runs in those games, but I would be curious to go all the way through his game logs of his career. I'm actually going to do that right now. You can talk about Rashad Penny. I want to find something. No, that's good. Good. Go ahead. So. Uh, I, I like I said, I really had a thing for Rashad Penny when he came out. I really liked him. I drafted him very early in our rookie draft that year. I really liked his, like you said, his advanced metrics and just his size. Like he's five eleven to twenty. It's a great size for a running back, and he could move, runs between the tackles, can get outside. But again, he's just never put it together. It was very concerning, and this, and this is where I should have dropped him. I, I literally should have just let him go. He was a first round draft pick. People, I think some people forget that. Yeah. He was a first-round draft pick, drafted 27th overall by the Seattle Seahawks, who went to the playoffs that year. Okay? That was their first-round draft pick. His rookie season, it comes out saying that he is not understanding the playbook. (laughs) He is a first-round draft pick as a running back, keep in mind, but he's not understanding the playbook. That's concerning. And so, like, and here we are now, Three, uh, what three seasons all together in the league? The dude not only doesn't un- didn't understand the playbook in year one, he got hurt, didn't play half of the game, the majority of the games, didn't play a lot in 2019. 
and definitely didn't play anything in 2020. So he's played uh, in 27 games in three years. How many times do you think he's had at least 10 rushing attempts in a game? Not once. Once? It's happened six times. Really? And the most was 15. And that game where he had 15 rushing attempts, he was did Carson okay. Carson hurt? <laughs> Probably. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's just never, I mean, yeah. I think it's over for Penny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I, I really don't see, I really don't see it. Because again, don't get me wrong, like Seattle kind of is one of the last few teams that doesn't really do a running back by committee. They kind of just run their main running back. But if Penny doesn't stay healthy this year and he doesn't have any touches, he's done. Because what Homer is Homer still there? Yeah, they got Travis Homer. Yeah, so Travis Homer was do, looking DJ better than he Dallas. was, and they drafted DJ Jow- Dallas last year, who's kind of a big dude. So, and I mean the part to back up Chris Carson last year, he saw forty six targets in twelve games. Yep. That would have way if he played all sixteen games, he would have way outpaced in two thousand nineteen, where he played fifteen games and had forty seven targets. Still, only one more target in three less games played. They would pass him the ball, and he's yeah. capable. He had four receiving touchdowns last they, year. I still wish they would do it more because I think he's still an underrated receiver. We know what he can do rushing. Yep. He, he, we know what he can do rushing. He's a very, very good rusher. If he again, as long as he's healthy. Yep. But I mean, he only ended, I think he only had five touchdowns last year. Um, he had fourth of the no, year. No, fourth of the year. Yeah. Um, so he had four touchdowns, and one really good thing that you you always have with Chris Carson. Dude does not drop the ball. No, he does not fumble often. So he's definitely very safe. I still can't believe you moved him. I was very shocked. I mean, it is just a dynasty league thing. I know. Oh, and as I say that, I looked at last year. He had seven. He had seven fumbles last year. Never mind. He normally doesn't fumble the football. <laughs> the um. So wide receivers on the Seahawks, they go as Russell Wilson goes. DK Metcalf. Looked like he was the hands down first half of last year, number one wide receiver in the league. You got to have yep. DK. He's the number one dynasty receiver. And I don't think anyone's thinking that now. He's got incredible talent. He's definitely proved me long, wrong Handful along the way. But you got him and Tyler Lockett, both graded as top 10 NFL receivers last year, both finished in the top 10 for fantasy last year. DK is the one. But how they their play style, it is like uh, they both don't really go off in the same game. They both have explosive games. Where the other one's fine, but I mean, the second half, like DK last year, it got pretty rough. It yeah. got pretty... I mean, when you compare it to the first half of last year, I mean, where is DK now? Where are you taking him in like a redraft league? Well, I'm glad you... Classified redraft too, sorry, specified redraft. So I did just get him in dynasty, which I was pretty actually happy about. Um, redraft leagues, I still think he's top. I I still think there's a chance he could finish top top ten. You taking Justin 12. Jefferson or DK Metcalf? That's a great question. I think I'd go Jefferson. I, I might go just Justin Jefferson. Michael there. Thomas or DK Metcalf. I would take DK over Michael right now. And it's not talent-wise. I just don't like Jameis Winston like you do. That one's really close for me. I might lean DK there. I'm trying to think Julio. Well, it depends on Julio ends up. Yeah, but, I guess, yeah. I mean, if Julio goes to New England, still taking DK. Julio. If Really? 
I would take Julio because if he's the dominant one there. Yeah, but it's just not going to be as good of a situation, not as good of a quarterback, probably not as many scoring opportunities. See, and I would take DK if he went to Tennessee. Keenan Allen or DK Metcalf? DK. Yeah, I think I'll go Keenan there. Uh-huh. Targets, man. Targets, targets, targets. I think he's going to get targets this year. It just it just depends. I mean, come on, dude. He, 12 touchdowns last last season. Uh, nope, that was... I can't believe they always just go to stinking postseason with the this. The second half of last year, he had five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And he had five touchdowns in the first five games last year. So. Yeah. His second half wasn't good. I get it. I get it. Um, but all in all, 10 touchdowns on the season. And he had 124 targets. That's that, good. That's, that's, a good that's a good amount of targets. Yeah. 83 receptions. He had 1,300 yards. Like, even with the bad season, the bad season, bad season. Hey, it wasn't half, a bad, yeah, it was bad a very second good half. season. So, like, let's see, going to week nine, we'll just split it week nine to week 17. One, two, three, four. He had 400 yard games, and two of them were very close 95 and 92. That would have made six. Second half, he had one. But that one game, he had 177. Everything else was not like 21, 59, 43. 46, 28. I mean, he had some games where he definitely disappeared. Yeah. What's crazy is that 177 didn't even have a touchdown, which blows my mind, but it's a tale of two seasons. And the problem is, is it's the, like you said, it goes right along with Russell Wilson. If Russell Wilson was extremely hot at the beginning of that season. Yeah. So was his wide receivers. And yeah, Lockett is in the same boat. He's just a little less consistent. He saw more targets than DK Metcalf last year. I believe he had more receptions. I don't think DK ended up with over 100 receptions. No, he didn't. Lockett, 10 touchdowns. He, for a tiny little guy, he gets the touchdowns every year, which is yeah, really nice to see. the same amount of touchdowns, 10. Yeah. And I I mean, in my opinion, I think he had the best receiving game last year. That three touchdown, 200 yard game. The Arizona? Yeah, it was just incredible. Those yeah. touchdown catches he had in that game. Yeah, 200 but, yards too, man. Jeez Louise. I think Lockett's going to be a value again. Because I think people are just going to keep... I mean, you have to know what Lockett is. So, here's here's my... here's. A, I feel like I don't know exactly where DK is. So I'm just I mean, say, he's been in a, just standard leagues. He's been top 16 the past three years. So, if DK, let's say, back in second, early third round, or would you take Lockett... He's probably going to go in like late fourth, fifth round. DK? No, Lockett. I was going to say... I would take Lockett. Then. I would say in the fifth. Is what I was thinking. I would take Lockett. You would take Lockett. Yeah. I actually would too. So Let's take that running back <laughs> in the second. Yeah, I like that a lot better. Because because guys, at the end of the day, the only thing that Lockett doesn't have right now on DK was the yards. Yeah, he had three hundred yards less. But I would rather take a hundred receptions over eighty nine, and having an equal amount of touchdowns. That's I mean, fine he's not me. going to finish better than DK Metcalf, but. The gap between them is not going to be crazy. as big as I think fantasy managers are going to be thinking at draft time. It's not going to be like Julio Jones and Nelson Aguilar. No. <laughs> so they brought in a couple other wide receivers in the draft because they lost David Moore. He went to Carolina. who had kind of been their third guy. Who kind of just catches bomb touchdowns. Brought in Dwayne Eskridge, drafted 24th pick of the second round, I believe was kind of a big shock. Yeah. When it happened, 
And then they brought in Kate Johnson, who we talked about in our look rookie previews, undrafted rookie. Mm-hmm. I don't think it matters for either of them. That's the one nice thing about the Seahawks offense. You know exactly who they're giving the ball to in the passing game, the running game, and you know Russell Wilson's just going to be good, which is nice. Yeah, I want to say that they brought in Dwayne to kind of be um, kind of the slot guy, maybe. Because is Lockett the because Lockett go, plays Lockett, outside? He goes too. back and forth. He goes back so he, and forth. He goes back and he forth. Is, he's very good at both. I think that they brought tried to bring in some some more primarily slot receivers because Kate Johnson's a slot guy as well. But Freddie Swain also was kind of like their number three or number four last year with David leaving too. He might also swing into. I, I just don't think it matters. Something. They are one of the teams who throw out uh, 12 personnel a decent amount, but I mean, every NFL offense is majority mm-hmm. run 11 man personnel. Right. I'm just trying to think of who do you think out of, out of all these receivers that we're seeing on this list, who do you think is going to be their number three? I mean, I'm just going to go with Dwayne just because of that draft capital. Yeah. I think they're going to try and make it happen. Yeah. He's the only guy on here that I mean, honestly, draft. what was, cause that dude, he was actually drafted DK. He was drafted capital. higher than DK. Yeah. DK was second 60. He was 64. I remember when all the before, like the week before the draft, everyone thought DK was going to end up being the first wide receiver off the board. Yeah, and then he didn't went to the second late late second round. <laughs> yeah. So and then tight end wise, they uh, Greg Olson retired. He was like their main guy last year. Also, shout out Greg Olson, mm-hmm. his uh, son. Yeah, that's sad, doing man. good. Um, but uh, so they got Will Disley. Who I think it's just kind of over for the um, the rumbling stumbling Will Disley. It was like a fun story for a while, but I think he just got hurt too many times and he's just not the same. Mm-hmm. But the guy they brought in was Gerald Everett from the Rams in free yeah. agency. One year, $6 million deal, which is not bad considering Gerald Everett hasn't done a ton in the NFL. He's shown no. flashes yeah. and he's got that potential. But um, last year he was okay. He was 24th at the position of 16 games, playing a part-time role with Tyler Higby in the Rams offense. I think he's going to be the number one guy. And there, and honestly, he could be the third pass catcher in this offense. Yeah, I I actually don't disagree with you. Again, unfortunately, um, but I uh, mean, back in the day, they didn't have the two wide receivers as good as they were. Yeah, back then with like Doug Baldwin and a young Tyler Lockett. But when Jimmy Graham was there, one of those years wasn't too bad. He saw the touchdowns, but I think Gerald Everett at this point of his career is more athletic I won't say better receiver but it's not the Jimmy Graham of like the past couple of Chicago years that was there right so I think Gerald Everett I think they b- brought him in to be the number one I like tight end. This, I like the signing yeah I don't mind it at all I mean when you look at his passing snaps versus running snaps it's very very similar yeah he can pass block. he's good with the ball in his hands and he can receive so I think he'll be the dominant number one as far as tight ends goes in this um, I really think that he could be a sneaky, possibly late tight end. I don't know if he's going to be draft worthy, but he's definitely. I wouldn't like if you wouldn't say like because I don't. If you're like going to draft a second, tight if you're going to draft a second tight end and you're going late, that's not bad. But I think he'll probably be a guy I'd prefer to wait week one or week two, see how the he, offense yeah. is running, and then maybe if it's looking good, put it a bit in and I'm on the waiver wire. Yeah, but like you can almost possibly stream him. Like I'm just saying, like he might be streamable. Or pick up. Well, that was the thing because last year they were running Greg Olson, Will Disley, Jacob Hollister, all three mixed in there. So if they can consolidate that into one main tight end as a receiving threat, then yeah, it has that possibility. Yeah. 
Yeah, and last year, I th- last year, if I'm not mistaken, uh, was the most targets he's had in his career, which was about 60. So, I think he had almost 60. Not bad in the part-time world. No, it's not terrible. So, even if, uh, even if he can see 60, 70 targets this season. Uh, you'd want the targets to come up a little bit, but I'm just it's, it, I mean, it's just all going to come down to the red zone. Yeah. If he's going to get the touchdowns. He's going to get the touchdowns. Yep. Because that's where he doesn't do well <laughs> somehow. He's a big guy that can't score in the red zone. All right. Do we have anything else? Nope. All right. Let's move on. Rams. Yeah. Chat Rams. They made some moves this offseason. One of the biggest weaknesses we all kind of felt um, that they had was at the quarterback position. They he, saw it too. Goff's just a limited quarterback. I always kind of. I mean, he took him to a Super Bowl. Let's not say he's terrible, right? Like, he's not awful. But No, he's not awful, but, they but definitely he's a very limited quarterback. They definitely upgraded. They brought in Matthew Stafford. We both, when this broke, we were like, this is awesome. It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> makes a ton of sense. And we both still want to give Detroit props for just even letting him yeah, go. Respect. Like, how they did that. Like, mad respect for an organization um, for letting somebody. They did it that, with their two best players. Well, and somebody that's made a lot of memories in Detroit for them and was very successful yeah. in the, well, he was he also was there a long in the time. community as well. So yeah, I mean, yeah, Stafford's Wait, a great again, guy. Great, He's awesome. great job, Detroit. We'll give you some props there. So yeah, last year was just a weird year, missing Kenny Galladay for most of the season. Him and Marvin Jones didn't really have that same connection when Marvin Jones was the one. Really yeah. the only bright spot was TJ Hawkinson, but he's a tight end. Yeah. So Stafford last year. Statistically, didn't look very great, but I mean, you go back to 2019 again, that first half, he was setting the world on fire. Top yeah. five in points per game. He was mm-hmm. killing it. And I was all over last year, target Matthew Stafford late. Yep. And I think I'm going to do the same thing again this year. Yeah. Because he's going to go behind guys. I, I just know it, like Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, maybe even like a Jalen Hurts. Probably go behind guys like Brady. I think he's going to go late enough to where he's a guy you should target. And I think the upside is there. Yeah, I think he could come back to that around five, maybe a little bit less than that, but he has that upside. Yeah, I think, honestly, by the time the season gets here, I don't think he's going to go as late as we think right now. I do. Yeah, That's fine. You can believe what you want. But I think when they when you really think about it, like, I I think that I coming to the Rams where you have an offensive mind like Sean McVay, you've got weapons arguably probably the most all-around weaponry yeah, he's ever had. Best, Definitely not the best talent. Not the be- yes, like individual talents he's yes. played with, but all-around. But he sure. has talent. For sure. You ha- I mean, Robert Woods can get downfield. He's a good route runner. And you can argue that Cooper Cup has some of the best hands. He's got great hands. And then also we'll just see. a very good receiver. Yeah, also just a very good receiver. So in, in a decent running, bake in, uh, running game. Tyler Higby, you got. So we'll skip running backs for a second. Go to wide receivers here. I know you don't like when I do this, Caleb. But yeah, well, because we're not done with Matthew Stafford. But that's fine. We're, we're, we're they're overall, linked more together overall. So some of the people they brought in. So yeah. in the receiving core, they have Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. They're yep. staying the same. Yep. They did bring in Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. On very, a one-year deal, which very is very interesting to me. Interesting. I totally forgot about it until I was making up the rundown for this. Just, just going back and checking the rosters just to make sure I'm not <laughs> forgetting anyone. And I forgot someone. They brought yeah. in Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. They brought him in on a one-year, $4.5 million deal. He only played five games last year. I'm He's a situational player at this point in his career. Mm-hmm. He's still got the speed. He just can't be out there all the time. He just yeah. he can't take that anymore. His body can't hold up. But So I don't think he's going to be their number three receiver. I think he's going to be a situational guy. I think he's the veteran presence. Yeah. 
They bring it. Well, Van Jefferson's going to be going into year two, and they drafted Tutu Atwell mm-hmm. with the twenty fifth pick of the second round. Actually, very surprised there, but yeah, no. When Dwayne Eskridge and Tutu Atwell back to back picks in the second round in the NFL draft, both of them questionable. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't. Van Jefferson, he saw thirty one targets last year in sixteen games. He did not get the opportunity last year to prove what he can do. We said it last year when he got drafted. He he was a raw player. Mm-hmm. He's got that talent in him where if he can coach him up, he's got that upside, but he just didn't see a lot of time on the field last year. They lost Josh Reynolds opening up the third spot on this team. Mm-hmm. I think I just, I don't want to believe in Tutu Atwell. I just don't. Well, I don't think Tutu Atwell is going to be able to slide in as the number two or number three. Sorry. Yeah. I think Van Jefferson would still be able to take that. They drafted Van Jeff. When did Tutu Atwell get drafted in the second round? 24th. Okay. 24th so or 25th more, pick. I think it might have been 25th, actually. A little bit more draft capital there than 57 um, for Van Jefferson in the second round, I think. But uh, still, I think Van Jefferson coming out of Florida, I think he'll be able to come into this season yeah. and he'll take over that. I think Tutu Atwell is going to be more of a gadget and more of a Special kickoff teams, Yes, I, I see that. 100%. They do run a lot. Of, comparatively to the rest of the league, a decent, like pretty high percentage of 12 man personnel. But when they're in the 11 this year, really? Yeah. Well, you, you, I mean, there's, I mean, Gerald Everett, I mean, they only run 11 or 12 man personnel. I mean, they're literally 5% of their other snaps were at 13 man personnel. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, I mean, they're still running like 70% at 11 man personnel, which is high. But in that personnel grouping, I think Woods and Cup are movable. Mm-hmm. They can both go inside and outside. I think yep. Cup does perform best in the slot, which has been proven. Yep. So I do think if I had to pick one guy to be the consistent third receiver, it would still be Van Jefferson, mm-hmm. who would be mostly the outside receiver. But uh, I think with the running game that we'll end up talking about, the tight end they have, I just don't know if the third wide receiver on this team is really going to matter. Yeah. Kind of like how we talked about with the Seahawks. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be this, oh my God, we need to, you're going to draft this guy and redraft. And I don't think that's going to happen here. I think you're really more focused at Robert Woods and Cooper. I Cup. just also don't think with that defense, like they're not going to be like the Cowboys last year to, where yeah. they can have three usable wide receivers, not offense, because they have to score the ball so much. Right. Um, and I feel like this gets brought up every year, Robert Woods or Cooper cup. Who do you ever rather to have? Because I mean, arguably they're, especially with a new quarterback like Matthew Stafford, it, you're, you're going to have to kind of project out a little bit. Yeah. What's this going to look like? Is he going to have kind of a favorite target? Because usually Matthew Stafford has a favorite target. Yeah. Just being honest. And here. historically they've been the, I mean, you go from Calvin Johnson, who's just, He's one of a kind. Mm-hmm. You can't really compare him to anyone else who's ever played in the NFL. Just his size, speed, combo, his route running, his hands. And then you go to Kenny Galladay, another really big body guy. Two outside wide receivers. It's hard, man, because Woods isn't that stereotypical outside wide receiver. He doesn't have the big body. No, he's six foot one ninety five. Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup is definitely the bigger receiver, but he plays the slot mostly. That's where he's better <laughs> at. Yep. So I. Which is funny because he's six two two oh eight. Yeah. I right now if I had to put a guess on it, 
I think they're going to go the same draft price like they have the past three years. They I think always go right be around the exact same, time. same price. Yeah. Yes. So you're going to end up having to same plant round. your flag. Always the same round. Yep. It's ridiculous. Last year, I leaned more Cooper Cup. Woods outperformed him. It was a very disappointing season last year for Cup. Yeah. It, it could be either one. I, I'm not going to make a statement on it yet. Okay. I want to go back through Stafford's history and his target tendencies. So you want to go to the running back now? Yeah. Uh, real quick, I'm still planting my flag in Robert Woods, but okay. yeah, we can we can move on. If I had to guess, I would lean Woods, but Stafford is a guy who is good passing around the end zone, and that is where Cup could shine. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely see. So running backs, they... Had like a three man rotation last year. There were a lot of injuries between Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. Mm, good grief. Yeah. They all three kind of had their games at times. But when we got down to the end of the season, this stat literally, I triple, triple, triple check this, quadruple check this because it just it seems unbelievable. Yeah. But so Cam Akers in his last four games he played with the Rams, mm-hmm. he saw 97 total touches in those four games. Yep. That's crazy. That is outrageous. Yep. Yeah. He was productive in that time. He, he could have probably been a little bit more productive with how many touches he was getting. He had one really good game against the Patriots. That was just incredible. Yeah. But that Cam was the, Akers, yeah. man, he is one of the hard because I <laughs> Caleb had him in Dynasty. He yeah. just traded him. I was asking him about like, so like, what do you like about like, what would you want for him? How do you value him? He's so it is hard. so hard to value K-Makers because you are going to have to, because some people have him top 10 running back this year in redraft leagues. Yeah. Some people have him decently higher. I think he's going to be their workhorse. I think if you look by yes. the end of the season, Daryl Henderson played. He was barely getting out on the field. So was Malcolm Brown, barely getting out on the field. Daryl Henderson had some moments last year when he was in there. He was the guy. He finished 36 at the running back position in 15 games. But K-Makers, he saw passing work. He saw great volume of rushing attempts. It's just a very small sample size. And it took, I mean, don't forget the beginning of the seat, like over half the season last year, he wasn't getting on the field. Mm-hmm. He wasn't playing. He was injured. So there was a ton of projecting you have to do with cam makers. Yeah. So one, one of the reasons why I was able to trade him is in our dynasty league, running backs have kind of become like, well, there's just not many of them. There's, there's never many of yeah. enough no. of them. Yeah, when you, you have know, them. That it's... are successful. And so I'm not a thousand percent sold on Cam Akers. I agree with you. I think he will be the workhorse. But you look at those last five games. Yes, dude, he was a monster. 21 attempts, 29 attempts, 15 attempts, 21 attempts. Those are huge. But And when you look at it, he had two total touchdowns in that time and really only had one hundred yard game. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that 100 yard game was 171 against new England and yeah. a 5.9 yard per attempt. Yeah. Does he have talent? Yes. But can he recreate it? Cause in my opinion, out of those five games, there was only one really good one. Yeah. And he didn't even score. So I'm, you're coming in with a new quarterback that has very, very well known for passing the ball for, thousands of but yards. But he's also well known for passing to the running back. I mean, theoretically True. was incre- like, not incredibly valuable, but he was one of those like J.D. McKissick guys, just those strictly pass-catching running backs who was usable for years and behind that, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, that's true. That's that's fair. That's that's a that's a valid argument. 
And I mean, he did have a receiving touchdown, if I'm not mistaken, on the season. Um, but he's not known for getting a ton of receptions. And even in that, he's f- capable though. Yeah. In that five game span though, he had eight receptions okay. in, in that five games. Yeah. How many targets though? Uh, 11. Okay. That's pretty, so, that's not terrible. No, but what I'm saying is, is it's, you still want a lot more. So I actually was able to trade him and I think I got, I forgot what else I tried. I think I swapped first round picks, but that's when I got got uh, DK DK Metcalf. Mm -hmm. I know what I'm going to get with DK. (laughs) I just didn't know what I was going to get with Cam Akers. Yeah. Cause yeah, I was, I mean, I was just contemplating like, what would I give up for Cam Akers? And like, I just, to be sure about feeling good about the draft pick, I didn't think I would be, they would end up taking the deal, so I just didn't really offer anything mm-hmm. for Cam. But he is—he's very enticing. I mean, that—I mean, again, ninety-seven yeah. touches in four games as a starting running back for the Rams is bonkers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not—I'm not saying it's not crazy, but I mean, again, it's just—I don't—I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sold. No, yeah, you can't that, be. That, you can't be hundred. If you're a hundred percent sold on Cam Akers, then. I think the Rams might be, though. They didn't draft a running back, so I think they're set with him, and they're okay with him being number one. I just don't know. I can't project out. I just don't. I don't know. Yep. And then, so the tight ends for the Rams, it's down to one guy. Yep. Tyler Higby's the last man standing. Yep. Joe Everett's gone. He's, I think he's back to how you should value him, maybe a little bit less than last year coming in, too, as a breakout candidate. Good grief, man. He So talk about overhype last season. Well, I mean, you knew there was that possibility. If they were going to go to more 12-man personnel or stay more 11-man personnel, they played a decent amount of 12-man personnel last year, and Everett was on the field, and they just, he wasn't able to separate himself. Mm-hmm. And now with him, the only guy there... I do feel much safer with them. Yeah, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. I mean, tight ends again are just kind of whatever. You know, you just don't really, you don't really ever know what you're going to get with one. And I mean, it's not hard to be have a top ten tight end. You no. Know? So especially in in the in the new game, but I mean, he had 44 receptions last year. He had five touchdowns. Basically, in my opinion, your touchdown or nothing with a tight end. You're hoping for more touchdowns than anything because you're not getting a ton of yards. He had 520 on the season. And just looking at the rest of his seasons, I mean, the reason there was so much coming into 2020. It was like a four-game stretch where where he he was was incredible. I mean, it took him pretty much to like a top 10 tight end all by itself. In just those four games, he ended up with 700 yards, only three touchdowns, but had a ton of receptions with 69, which is massive. But he just did not recreate that. We'll kind of see. I think it's tamed. Maybe humbled them a little bit. We'll see. Noah Fant <laughs> or Tyler Higby? Um, I would still take Higby because of Stafford. I don't, I don't really know. I Bridge, think we Bridgewater talked about versus... this last week, but I forgot what you said. One of the Patriots tight ends. Because I know you have Hunter Henry. Well, I actually have both. Yeah, exactly. yeah, I've got Higby and Henry on my dynasty league. I'll probably Right now I have Higby that I would be shooting for. Gerald Everett and Seattle are Tyler Higby. I think I'd go Higby there. I still think I'd go Higby there yeah. for right now, yeah. But I, I mean think that's the range. Yeah. I mean the thing is is on all even on all those teams we just mentioned, there's a lot of mouths to kind of feed, so it's not like you're really gonna separate one of those. Well, yeah, out. he's not gonna be Darren Waller. He's right. not even gonna be a Mark Andrews. That's what yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's just you're kind of just again, you're hoping for touchdowns. 
Yep. So that's just kind of how I feel with Tyler Higby. Yep. Anything we, else about the Rams? No, not right now. We'll get to where we think we'll, they'll rank next uh, for this coming season a little bit later. So let's go ahead and move on. All right, it's the Cardinals. Arizona. Uh, they finished 8-8 eight and eight last year. You would think that it would have been a little bit better, but it's, you know that defense wasn't... Yeah, I think Cliff's a little bit on the hot seat. You think so, too? Yeah. There are just times where, like, he's supposed to be this, like, offensive genius guy. Just haven't really seen it that often. Mm-hmm. Some of the play calling he makes is not great. Well, I will say, like, he was, you know, known for coming in and this air raid offense, this, you know, this college-style air raid offense. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Or I guess I just haven't seen it working. I mean, as far as they are by far the leaders in the league of four wide wide receiver sets, it's not even close. Yeah, but they do run a lot of four wide. Who cares? You're still, you know, you're still not winning games. No, in my opinion, because of this. No. So I mean, Kyler Murray does have a little more maturing to do as a passer. He is a very good passer, mm-hmm. but he does need to rein it in sometimes. Be a little bit more consistent. The rushing, you know, what you're going to get is elite. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Kyler Murray, he was incredible last year. He was the number one quarterback for a long time last year. In the second half, he petered out a little bit. Well, he got hurt. Yeah, but he still pretty much played. Yeah, I don't think he missed. I don't think he missed a game. No, he didn't miss any games. Yeah. 11 rushing touchdowns last year. 819 rushing yards. That's... Almost Lamar Jackson. That is incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I had him in redraft. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I had, yeah, him, I had him in redraft, one redraft was, league too. Just loving it. Now he lost me a championship because those last few games, yeah, he was not stellar. No. But he got me to the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of the team though, side Hopkins. I mean, you want to start? You want to go in order now? I don't you really want care. Me to just, upset go, you just, anymore? No, just go to whoever you want. You don't really pay attention to the the list anyway, so just no, I do you do you, it, bro. So, <laughs> you mad at me? Uh, the uh, so we'll follow, just go running backs. We'll, follow we'll, your own rules. Yeah, we'll just go running backs. Okay. They got Chase Edmond, Kenyon Drake gone. He is now a decently paid running back for the Las Vegas Raiders, which still doesn't make any sense. Yeah, so I'm not a fan. Chase Edmonds is returning, and they brought in. James Connor. Mm-hmm. He's going to fix the running game. Brought him in on a one year, $1.75 million deal. Last year, these guys, pretty similar. You mm-hmm. look at their statistics, where they finished, there's not much. They're both, um, I would say Connor is the better rusher. He's definitely proven more consistently. As a rusher, I'll give maybe Edmonds a little bump in the receiving game, but Connor is a capable receiver. Edmonds can get the workload at times, but I think there's a cap to that. I was just looking through this past two years where Chase Edmonds has really been a thing. How many times do you think he's had over 10 rushing attempts in those two years? Uh, four? Three. That's close. And they were pretty much when he was the only guy there due to injuries. Didn't, yeah. And one of those games, he had 25 rushing attempts last year against Miami, 70 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, He's, when you're having that many, you should be well over 100. 2.8 yards per attempt. Yeah, I just, 
I know there was a lot of hype when Drake left about Edmonds. He can be that guy. I just don't I just don't think this rushing game is going to be that dependent dependable. Kind of like last year, you had Kenyon Drake who just saw all the rushing attempts, the red zone work. Mediocre. Chase Edmonds mm-hmm. had a couple games where he saw the receiving work and some big plays. You couldn't really count on him on a weekly basis, either of them. And it, we kind of brought this up with the Josh Allen argument. When your quarterback's giving you 10-plus rushing, right. same thing with Cam Newton, 10-plus rushing touchdowns, that takes a lot away from those running backs. Yeah, I mean, every time your quarterback runs in for a rushing touchdown, that's taking it away from your running back. So, I mean, not always, but it's, again, it's similar. I mean, what, he had 11 rushing touchdowns on the season? Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, 11? I mean, a lot of them were goal line area. I mean, that's insane, you know? So, yeah, and I mean, you can you can see some of that with some of these yards per attempt, you know, stuff too, but... You know, I mean, I, I think Kyler Murray outproduces both run. I mean, not combined, yeah, yeah but individually, sure. he's going to have more rushing yards next year and probably more rushing touchdowns than either of them. Yeah. Yeah, neither one of the, the running backs on their roster right now between Edmonds or Connor. Who you, who would you rather have? Connor. Connor. I think he's going to be cheaper. I don't know how significantly cheaper he's going to be. Edmonds than is going to go first? Yes. Wow. Yes, because there's still people who believe... The hype mm-hmm. for Edmonds. I think I would probably lean a little bit more on the Edmonds side because I still think he'll retain that passing down role more. But I mean, I'm I'm trying to think right now, like where I would consider him draft worthy in drafts. Edmonds. I've just never been a huge Chase Edmonds fan. Seventh round. Does that interest you for Chase Edmonds? Not at all. I will tell you right now. I don't now, think Chase he's going to go Edmonds, much later than that. Chase Edmonds will not be on any of my teams. Yeah, same. Probably not. I might take a shot on Connor, but Chase Edmonds will not be on any of my teams. Yeah, and I don't see that changing unless all of a sudden he became like, you know, again, like even if he was doing really good through camp and whatnot, this is a pass-heavy offense. Oh yeah. So either neither one of these running backs are going to be overly crazy. But I'll take a shot on James Conner just because I like a bigger back that can run through the tackles. Chase Edmonds can't do that. I mean, he's, he's just, not. He's going to be all passing work. That much bigger than Edmonds. Got I mean, like he's twenty got, pounds on him, a couple inches. I mean, it's yeah, that's it's not bad. But I also think Conner is definitely lost a step. I mean, he kind of looked washed at times yeah, last he did. year. So but I think Edmonds I think at least needs, has juice at times. I think he needs a change of scenery. So we'll just kind of have to wait and see. But I'm like I said, I'll take my shot on Conner. Okay. Um, receivers for the Cardinals. Um, there's one guy you need to know. That's uh DeAndre Hopkins because sifting through the rest of the receivers on this team, they brought in AJ Green, veteran. That's just to replace the, uh, uh Larry corpse of AJ Green. He played. Uh-huh. Uh, he signed one year, six million dollars last year. He played 16 games. Don't forget, he did in those 16 games. Uh, he scored 5.5 points per game. That puts him at uh, 94th overall the wide receiver position of points per game. Good for you, bro. You want to hear some of these. uh, I mean, the targets he saw last year were outrageous. He saw 104 targets last year. Wow, did he really? (laughs) 47 receptions. Two (sighs) touchdowns. He is just... I have to go back and watch some of these catches. Yeah, it's done. I I mean, some of them were... 
bad throws, but you guys had like T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd were producing in the yeah. same offense with the same quarterbacks. Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out is how is it that if you had 104 targets and 40 receptions, yet T. Higgins almost broke out a little bit last season, you know, and Tyler Boyd was extremely consistent. Yeah. And Joe Burrow could have been a rookie of the year if he would have stayed healthy. Yeah. So you, I guess you figure it out, but yeah, they do. They don't run a lot of 12 man personnel. It's usually 11 or, um, everybody's out there. (laughs) Yeah. Four wide sets, (laughs) but he's good. If when he plays, he's going to be on the outside opposite of Hopkins. Yeah. I just don't think he's, uh, I'm not going to be drafting him anywhere. No. In leagues. I honestly, I think, Kirk is the better receiver at this point in their careers, but you know AJ Green's going to be out on the field and they brought in Rondell Moore in the draft, 17th pick of the second round. I don't love that, but he's a slot only guy. Yeah, I also, I keep I keep being told, I shouldn't just say told, I keep hearing the draft for Rondell Moore is because Andy Isabella. Yeah, I've heard they're done with that experiment. Yeah, and because if you look again, you know, they are both second round draft picks. Yeah. Andy Isabella, you know, is questionably now super a bust. Fast. Yeah, he was super, he was super fast super, coming out. Super fast. I think he came out at UMass. UMass, yep. Um, but yeah, so I think they're done there. And so they're bringing in Rondell Moore. But even with Rondell, dude, the dude can't, he wasn't healthy half his. Yeah, he's never been he's healthy. He's never been healthy since his freshman year. And so. That makes me nervous, and I think the team would be better off in eleven man personnel to play Kirk on the outside opposite of Hopkins and have Rondell Moore in the slot. And yeah. but that's just not what they're going to do. Yeah. They're not going to do that. They're not going to spend six million dollars for AJ Green this year and not have him out there. Yeah, that's crazy. At least to start the season. And I do think there's that chance where maybe in the right matchup you can maybe he might he might be like a DFS kind of a guy, super cheap, hoping for a touchdown. Because if he's still going to see that target volume, that's the other thing. When you compare the target, I mean, Kyler Murray, hyper targets, DeAndre Mm -hmm. Hopkins, and that's it. I mean, the other target totals for the other receivers on the team, Christian Kirk led him second most. He had 79 targets. Hopkins pretty much doubled that. He he over doubled that, 160 targets. It is Hopkins' offense in this receiving game. See, that's kind of how it was. Even in Houston, also do so. love uh, Hopkins. He's been, uh, he seems like he really wants Julio Jones on his team. With, <laughs> I just don't know that's possible. That'd be incredible because I did also see PFF. I think it was since 2015, the two highest graded wide receivers over that time span: Julio Jones number one, DeAndre Hopkins, DeAndre Hopkins number two. Yeah, that's funny. That would be crazy. Yeah, I have seen a lot of team or a lot of players trying to kind of build those super teams now, like they do in the NBA, but I just don't see it happening. Yeah. The this defense should be a little bit more improved. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say a ton, but I think it's just going to be more Kyler Murray chucking the ball, running around back there. Yeah. I kind of think it's going to be the same old, same old. I think Hopkins, you, he's still a top five receiver. I'm 100%. drafting him as, as a top five receiver again. Yeah. Those targets and reception totals and yards, the touchdowns were down last year. He still came down with six, but you get that back up to where his average is around 10. He could be aiming for that top three wide receiver spot. I don't know if he can get to number one. That's just going to depend. But he is DeAndre Hopkins. He's done it before. Yeah, we'll definitely have to kind of wait and see. But 
yeah, going to be very interesting to see kind of how Arizona. Um, Don't forget. I mean, it season. seems like he's been he has been in the league for a long time. DeAndre Hopkins, but he's still only twenty eight. So in dynasty leagues, like if there's any chance you could get him for a discount, buy, 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 buy. I don't see it. I've tried so many times, but in our dynasty league, she won't trade him. But that's because she doesn't trade. But it's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I, like I said, I definitely think it's going to be interesting. I don't see that team changing much, which just makes me wonder with the defenses in their division, they already kind of know how they're going to run and yep. is it, are they going to be able to change any of it? Yeah. Like, and uh, bringing up tight ends, they just don't use the tight end. Max William last no. year, who's got, everyone has as their starting tight end for this year. He had 10 targets last year in nine games. Great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I didn't misread that those uh 10 targets in the yeah. games yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, i didn't even realize they had the card i mean they are a really fun team to watch when you have kyler murray back there but it's kyler murray and deandre hopkins yep just like it was in houston hopkins and watson literally the same thing yeah i feel like that's how it'd go if wherever he would go though Yep. anything else no all right let's move on san francisco 49ers. Yeah, this one's going to be very interesting. Um, you know, when you look at the 49ers, uh, lots of defensive talent. <laughs> they got some talent on offense. Hopefully they stay healthy this year. Yeah, I mean, their defense was, was hurt this year, or last year, really, really bad. Their offense, a lot of pieces were hurt last year. Um, yeah, every pretty much everyone on the team was in and out of the roster at some point. Yeah, so, I mean, they finished 6-10. And, and that's just honestly how that team's been for Pretty much since now. Kyle Shannon's been there. Yeah. I don't know what they do, but no one could seem to stay healthy there. Used to be the Chargers who could never stay healthy. Now I feel like it's yeah, so those West, Coast, West teams. Coast thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pansies. <laughs> or just I'm, California, I'm kidding, California I'm teams. <laughs> <I'm> kidding. <laughs> well, now the Chargers are. Yeah, no. Anyways. So um, let's just start because, I mean, this is going to be the most interesting thing to talk about. Jimmy G. Um, you know, they drafted a quarterback this year. Don't forget, they also brought in a quarterback in the offseason. I'm not mistaken. Didn't they bring in Josh Rosen? Or has he been, was he there last year? I forget. I don't, actually, I don't know. So, but I know Josh Rosen's on that team as well. So, uh, just very interested. I don't think he was there last year. You can check real quick. Um, Jimmy G, when the dude is healthy and playing, dude's great. He's very good. Uh, I mean, he looks fantastic. No, he doesn't. Jimmy G? Yeah, when he's healthy and playing, he looks great. I'm looks sorry. Mediocre at best. No, he, looks, at he best. looks fine. He really doesn't, though. Okay, whatever. He's just a game manager. He's nothing fl- uh, flashy, but I think he's fine for the but offense. But you think he looks fantastic? Yeah, he looks fantastic. He How wins does those two things. He wins together? games when he's on the field. That's all that matters. Sometimes. Whatever, dude. I'm not even getting into that with you. Okay. He's fine. Because um, I know you're a massive Trey Lance fan, so. I don't hate the guy. Like, I see the upside with him. I just, <laughs> let's, we're not going back to this. We'll talk about him a little bit here, because I feel like I've talked way too much Trey Lance the past month or two. Yeah. Anyways. so Over under Jimmy G starts 10 games this year for the 49ers. Uh, is that due to health issues no, or just, just in just generalized? Just, um, I would say, 
I would say I'd take the under. Yep, same. Yeah. Trey Lance is getting in there. Draft him third overall. I don't care how much time he needs to develop. He's going to get in there. Because I also just don't think Jimmy G is going to impress him. And every from every report is they hate Jimmy G. I don't know about hate, but uh, I definitely do not see... I mean, a lot of stuff's pretty cryptic. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't think they hate him, but it just seems weird. I, I mean, I still think there's a chance he's not on this roster week one. Jimmy? Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, in le- like trade-wise, you think yeah. they'll trade him? Yeah. I would be shocked because, I mean, Trey Lance needs time to develop. Yeah. He does. He's not ready for to start NFL. He's not. He's not ready to go. I don't care what people say. You can argue, to, I argue tooth and nail. I, with I that. don't think so. Yeah, he but. is not ready. He has a, w- a lot of develop. But I think at the once he is developed, I think like in a year, I think he can be way better than Jimmy G. But I think Jimmy G will start this. Well, season. I think just immediately the rushing upside with Trey Lance. Yeah, gets it pretty yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as long as he doesn't become one of those run first quarterbacks, I hate that's that. That's what he's going to be. Like, yeah, that's I hate that, but. Anyways, so Jimmy G, though, I, like in my again, in my opinion, I think he's looked fine in the offense. I think he fits the mold. We'll see how long he can hold out. The biggest thing for me is the fact that he just he never can play a full season. No. And what's really funny, and so I forgot who brought this up, but I think it was Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp said this, where what was our expectations? Because even the year that he signed in San Francisco, he came off a year where he was starting because Tom Brady got hurt. Mm-hmm. But then so did he. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes over to San Francisco and he has not played a full season since he's been there. Yeah. The dude literally can't stay healthy. So I just, again, over under, like you said, take, definitely take, I do not think he's playing this full season. But my question to you, though, is do you think Trey Lance will be the backup? And yeah. if he gets hurt, he's playing? Yep. Yep. I, I kind of agree. I just... We'll see. Yeah. But the funny thing, though, is, I mean, what, what, the past like two years, what's been the difference between Jimmy G, Nick Bullins, and CJ Beathard? Honestly, Honestly I've kind of preferred some of the other ones. They, exactly. pa- they, they throw the ball down the field where but Jimmy G doesn't, but you consider Jimmy G fantastic. He's, I'm not, not I in mean, fantasy, not in fantasy. Fantasy, he sucks. He's, that's why he's not on anybody's team. But as far as an NFL quarterback goes, he's fine. Below average. Okay, that's fine. I'm, he's fine. Jared Goff or Jimmy G? Just as an NFL quarterback, which one do you think? When healthy? Just which one do you think has been better in their career? Jared Goff. Yeah, okay. Maybe I need to retract some statements here. Yeah, I apologize. I, think you do. I apologize. Anyways, all right. Running backs. Did you not want to talk about Trey Lance? I think we just talked about him enough. I didn't. You didn't really say much. I'm really just trying what to make. What else do I need? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, running back. We're just never going to talk about San Francisco quarterbacks because <laughs> we just don't want to talk about San Francisco. Off. Yeah. Yeah. Running backs. Uh, most hurts uh, coming back. Last year, start of the season, those first couple games, it was looking like. I mean, we put him on the breakout list. Yep. He was living up to it. Then he got hurt. Yep. Like what always happens, and. I mean, there were some weird reports last year about him holding out, wanting a new contract. He got that. I honestly think it might have rubbed the 49ers the wrong way. Mm-hmm. When he came back from inter- uh, injury, he did not see the same type of usage. Not even close. 
snap percentage wise. And I, I think he's the starter day one in this running back rotation. I think they're never going to just be one full workhorse in this running back system. Mm-hmm. And now with the news of Jeff Wilson going to be missing the first part of the season, yep, it's really just Mostert and the rookie who they drafted, Trey Sermon, who was the fourth running back taken in this draft class. 25th pick of the third round, which is decent capital for running back, especially for the 49ers. And Sermon has the ability, I like the fit for this offensive scheme, the running style, the type of player he is. He matches with a lot of the other players they have on this team, like a Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, mm-hmm. guys who are not scared of contact at mm-hmm. all and kind of thrive in it, kind of want the contact. So I think this is the question everyone's asking themselves. And I took the bet on Trey Sermon in our dynasty draft. I took him early second round pick because the possibility is there for him to be incredible. I mean, okay, I might not say incredible, but very, very good. Yeah. And it could happen his rookie year. Yeah. So, I mean, I know when, because I was picking right before you and I was going back and forth. Should I take him? Should I not take him? Should I take him? Should I not take him? And I ended up not taking him, and you did. I knew you would. <laughs> um, well, I was also looking at the same three players you were. Probably. You just had the two first picks in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's always the problem is whenever... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not 100% sure what I would have done. I might have gone Bateman over Trey Sermon. So I think, but I, think I, I still would have taken Sermon over Elijah Moore, who was your other pick you took. Yeah, right? no, so I took Bateman first and then Moore yeah. after that, yeah. Anyways, um, here's here's the thing... Here's the thing is whoever's going to be the running back in this offense is going to be good. Yeah, I don't good. care. Yep. It, it doesn't matter. I mean, when you look at this running back group, Jeff Wilson was successful. He's, All of them. Anyone. It, it, McKinnon again, had great times last but year. That's the point. That's yeah. the point is the fact that even a Jeff Wilson jr. Is a stud running back in this offense. Yep. So just keep that in mind. So I do agree with you. I think Raheem Mostert and because he's on my dynasty, please God play at least half the season. Um, or more. Um, the thing that makes me nervous with Trey Sermon is they also brought in Wayne Gallman. Yeah, they brought in Wayne Gallman before the draft, but they've always had kind of a deep running back group. They, they did lose so many. I mean, they did lose Jerick McKinnon and Tevin Coleman this offseason, so they did bring in two new running backs and Sermon and Gallman to replace them. And they drafted Elijah Mitchell as well. Yeah, Sixth round just pick, not but, really But he also fits the mold of that team's running back though like yeah. he's a he's a smaller he's i think he's like 511 but he's like 215 you know or here let me double check that he's 511 218 so so he's a he's a bigger back yep and so like again he can fit that mold and he's and he's pretty quick so to me it just all depends i i don't know what to think i know it's it, it, it's, it's just hard too, it, when you because there is, to me, a such thing as there's too many running backs. <laughs> For sure, especially in the Shanahan-style running game. Yeah, and especially when you take, and I know, you know, Jimmy G out of this, and you put in a Trey Lance where you have the option plays now, so you can run, you know, triple options or just reverse whatever you want to do, run any option plays. I mean, they also hand the ball to the receivers. Yes, Debo Debo gets a lot of reversals. Yeah, and Ayuk gets a... So there's just a ton of flexibility there. I just don't know. To me, it's just going to come down to health. If you... I think Mostert goes decently higher in redraft leagues. Oh, 100%. But if Mostert's healthy, 
the whole season. Do you think he plays the whole season? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he's healthy, he'll be out there for those games. But I do. Uh, yeah. Like, do you think there'll be a split? I think it's going to be. Yeah, it'll be a split. I think at best you're probably looking at like a sixty percent. I think that would be high for whatever running back you have in the system, which is would be fine. They don't normally run a split though. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Not really. Yeah. The reason that you always feel like they run a split though is because someone's always hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, even Mostert last year, I mean, he never saw more than 60% of snaps in a game. Okay. So I think that's, like, the upside, but that in that offense, that is perfectly good enough to be a very good running back for yes. fantasy. Yes. Yes. I think I've been thinking about this going, like, if you're in redraft leagues and you're looking at a zero RB strategy, running backs to just pile on late in drafts, mm-hmm. I think Sermon could be one of those guys late to take a shot I would on not, if you're going to your RB. Yeah. But he can't be your first. Well, no, 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 no. I, I mean, he's, he's got to be, be going like your very, third or fourth. He's going to be going very late. Yeah, it'd be like your fourth or fifth running back. Yeah. Yeah, he's got to be. I'm just making, I didn't know where you were trying to go with that. No. <laughs> so. I mean, zero RB means like you're not taking like a running back in like the first two rounds. Usually. Well, zero RB means you're not taking them. Um, I mean, everyone's kind of got a different strategic. Yeah, all it kind of depends. Yeah. I look at it more, more deeper than that. And if you're doing, I don't know. I've never been a fan of that strategy, but I think it all kind of depends. Yeah, it just depends. Especially this season, I think you definitely cannot do zero RB. Yeah. So let's get to the wide receivers on this team. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a who's a number one in this offense can, um, question? Do you know who? Do you know who Here's you think who I is think number is one number in the one. offense? I think Ayuk is a number one. Yeah. Um. I, I would like to say Samuel because he's been there longer, but I think Brandon Ayuk has just been way more efficient. I think he's been slightly healthier because they both have had health issues as well. I mean, Ayuk's only been in there for one year. Yeah, he missed a, he missed a couple it. games last year. Mm-hmm. He did see 96 targets. His yards per catch is good. He I mean, he was good for a rookie. I mean, last year's rookie wide receiver class was another very good one. He's mm-hmm. one of those handful of guys whose dynasty value is very high. Debo did not play a lot last year, but if you go back, they had similar rookie seasons. I think if I had to pick who I think is the number one, I think it is Ayuk, but I think it is close enough to where it's not going to be a big factor week to week basis. No, I, if you, if you really want to put it, you can almost do a one, a one B Yeah, in retrospect, you really could. And what's really crazy is they're both very similar players too. Oh yeah. They have very similar play styles. They both can go inside, outside. They're very, they're very, they're universal. Yeah. <laughs> Which is the one thing you will get with this offense, especially again, when Trey Lance comes in. Well, that's why I, I give Shanahan and the GM for the 49ers a lot of credit because they go after the players that fit the style system they want and uh-huh. they get those players and those players succeed in the system. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think Debo also last year coming back from his injuries, he never looked a hundred percent right. Mm-hmm. So maybe this off season, he could be sneaky, but I think, but I think the price difference in drafts is going to be at least a few rounds. I think Ayuk's going to go a few rounds ahead of Debo. Mm-hmm. And right now, if I had to say, so like say there's a three round gap between Debo and Ayuk, which one would you rather have? I bet Ayuk goes round six round, something around there. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we won't really know a lot of that until closer to closer to season, but I don't know, man. I still, I mean, that's a hefty gap. 
So I might take, you know, Samuel there. I might do that. I think, I think that's I would take the Samuel. way I would lean. But I, I would really like, like if, if it was a two round gap, maybe I would take Ayuk. If like, if it, again, I don't know where he's going to be going because most people aren't drafting right now. Um, and we haven't done our rankings for this year. Yeah. So I would rather have Ayuk, but if that's that much of a spread, I would take Samuel. Also, the other concern in this offense, it's not, I mean, it's a concern for the wide receivers at times, but it's George Kittle, your tight end. I mean, he is just the number mm-hmm. one guy in this offense. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, Kittle missed some time last year. He yeah, kind of does. Even the he, game he came back was monster. <laughs> yeah, he he's just one of those players where like he can play through a lot of injuries. He missed half the season last year. I think that was just kind of a fluke thing. He probably will miss a game or two because that's just the type of player he is. He plays hard. Yeah, but when he's out there, he's, in my opinion, the number two tight end in the league, right behind Kelsey. Arguably, yeah. I I won't even I won't argue it, but uh, I know some people will argue the fact that he's the number one over Kelsey, but. It's a little I think bit with more the ball stretch. in his hands, he's the most dangerous tight end in the league. But just mm-hmm. in terms of consistency and productivity, I think you just got to give it to Kelsey. Oh yeah, I'm not. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying. Other and this people is might. another team. I think pretty much. Yeah, every team in this division, like the third wide receiver on the team, I just don't think matters right now. They pretty much have Travis Benjamin, who didn't even play last year. He opted out in 2020. I don't think that's going to matter. I think this is going to be a very Ebo IU Kittle centric passing game. Yeah. And I think that's all you need. I don't disagree with you, unfortunately, again. Because, I mean, that's the other thing we missed last year. All three of these guys really healthy at the same time. Right. Yeah. You really never, and, and again, and including, the, G, yeah. including the quarterback, there was not a lot of health on this team at all. And Kittle's not normally somebody that misses a ton of games. He, no, but he's always dealing with something. Something. He, I mean, he's fine. Twin ankle. For, yeah, for you know, the most part. Just I mean, whatever. Um, but he again, he it's just because he his play style is very very aggressive. <laughs> yeah, which I like though, so I'm not denying it. But uh, all right, so this is hard. Yeah, we're gonna rank these <laughs> divisions. We're, we're gonna try. I I, I mean, w- this is. I think it's a very difficult past handful of years. This has been like the toughest division in the NFL. All these teams have been good at mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. All different teams have won the division. And this could be another time where this division has three playoff teams in it. Yeah. I mean, that happens more times than not. Unfortunately, it's it's just crazy. So last year, we re, we said it as we went through, but we'll reiterate. Seahawks finished first, then the Rams, then yep. the Cardinals, then the 49ers, but the 49ers also just... Very unhealthy. Exactly. Unhealthy team. So... I'm going to start this. I think there's only one thing I can say for certain about how this order is going to play out in the NFL. I don't think Arizona can win this division. Yes. I, I think agree. the other three teams, one of them, any of those three can win the division. I just don't see Arizona being able to win the division. Right. They could still be a playoff team. I just don't know if they can. Yeah. And again, th- these rankings are, could possibly change too. We, we, I mean, these are very, very early in the season. But I'm actually going to rank Arizona as the fourth team in this division. So, I mean, again, I don't, you know, you do, you do you boo boo, but, um, what? Don't worry about it. So (laughs) you you do you, man. 
So Arizona will be the uh, fourth Hold team. On. No, it's fine. Hold on. No, it's fine. So <laughs> you'll be the fourth team. Or Arizona's the fourth team. <laughs> and this is going to sound strange, but I just, I have something that I feel like is just going to happen with Seattle this year. And I think Seattle is going to be third. So then you got San Francisco, LA. I think San Francisco will finish. No, I can't do that because I don't think Jimmy G is going to be healthy. And if they have to bring in Trey, so let's do this again. So this is what makes this difficult. Let's do San Francisco at the end is what I think. Then Arizona, then Seattle, the Rams. I, f- I feel like the Rams are almost so you think locked the only up. They're going to switch is the Rams and Seahawks. Yeah, I guess so. I had to do this. I think I'm going to go for now, at least. So this is really hard. It's I've very, been, it's it, very difficult. We, we, brought, we knew we were going to do this, but the only thing that I feel like I know is the Rams are going to win this division. See ah, that, that I feel like is almost a lock as long as they stay healthy. I could see Seattle repeating. I, I could can't. see the Rams doing it. I could see the 49ers honestly winning the division. I can't see that either. I think, I think if I had to pick winner of the division, I'm going Rams. I think just the match of the defense, bringing in Stafford is going to be the difference maker. Yes, 100%. And then I go Seattle just because they have Russell Wilson, and I think that offense is set. Yeah, they could use some defense. defensive improvement. Then I think I go Arizona and then San Francisco. You, so you think the same? I think pretty much the same, except yeah. the Rams and Seahawks flip. Yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't even, and I would like to put, um, honestly, I'd like to put Seattle in third. And move Arizona or Seattle or or uh, San Francisco up, but to me, it all depends on the health of Jimmy G and that offense because the defense is great. This is how is that offense going to maneuver this year? I, I just that's my biggest question. I just don't think about Jimmy G when I think about the 49ers. Well, Trey Lance isn't ready, so I you have to think of Jimmy G. No Nick Mullins in there. Do they even still have Nick Mullins? Yeah. Well, maybe we maybe we still do that. It's All just right. not a hard offensive scheme. I mean, you're not really going downfield a ton. I don't see like him on the quick, roster, bro. Online, well, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, when is the quarterback? Even the year that went to the Super Bowl, the quarterback didn't matter that year. Colin Kaepernick. No, <laughs> Jimmy G. Right? No, it did because Jimmy G. blew that throw at the end. He yeah, but okay, getting them to throw. the Super Bowl, though, I mean, it was, Jimmy G wasn't the start of the entire year. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I guess I'll lock my answer in. Or honestly, I think I, no, yeah, I had San Francisco last, Arizona third. Seattle yeah. second, Rams I, Again, I could, you can almost rotate the bottom three. <laughs> I just, the thing that I feel like is going to happen is the Rams winning that division. That's yeah. it. That's and I the know. reason I don't think, the only thing I think I know for certain is Arizona can't win the division. It's just still that deep. Yeah. And Arizona, honestly, I wouldn't even, you know what? I, I'll actually, like I said, my, I think there's a chance King Cliff Kingsbury, this could be his last year in Arizona. If, if Arizona comes out and that defense is still atrocious, they're, they're not, they're not even finishing. They'll, they'll be dead last in this division, even with that high powered offense of Kyler and uh, Hopkins, they'll finish last. Yeah. So, all right, guys, let us know what your thoughts are on this division. Um, we got some locks as far as who's going to win, but honestly, the rest could just be kind of up in the air. We don't, I mean, it's going to be very, very interesting. Might be a lot of splits as far as uh, their games go. 
Uh, but James, if they wanted to let us know uh, their thoughts on the the uh, NFC West, where could they find us at? Uh, yeah, Twitter and Facebook at the TFL Monsters, YouTube Apple Podcast and Anchor, the Fancy Monsters, Fancy Monster Podcast. All right, guys, love hearing from you again. Hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Come check out our podcast wherever you uh, listen to your podcasts on. But thanks again for listening to another uh, episode of the Fantasy Monsters. We'll catch you next week. Have a go. Forgotten, creeping in the dark.